With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Do you want to have the happiest birth experience of your life? Well, you can. It's entirely possible, and here's how you can do it. Ann Margolis of Home Sweet Home Birth has created the Love Your Birth course for you. Whether you're a first-time mom, an experienced mama, regardless of where you plan to birth, home, a hospital, birth center, or a planned or unplanned C-section, you really can have the delivery of your dreams. Love Your Birth is an obstetrician and midwife recommended online course that takes you from pregnancy to postpartum bliss. Now, Anne, a sweet friend of ours who was on the show in episode 24 titled Normal, Natural, and Joyful Birth, has over 20 years of experience in midwifery and gynecology practice. She is a powerhouse in the birthing community, and she has taken everything that she's learned, trained, and how she's supported women for over 20 years in her private practice. She's poured all of that love, passion, knowledge, and experience into creating the Love Your Birth course. And we are really excited at doing it at home to partner with Anne to offer our listeners, because we love you so much, $20 off when you purchase the course and use the code D-I-A-H-O-M-E. To get details and to sign up for the course, go to homesweethomebirth.com slash loveyourbirth. And remember, use that code D-I-A-H-O-M-E for $20 off. Hey, I'm Sarah. When planning our home birth, my husband Matthew and I were really frustrated by the lack of empowering and honest home birth resources. So we created this podcast to start a new conversation for moms and families like us. This is Doing It at Home. Hey everyone, welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. Today is Catherine's birth story. Now, Catherine and her husband, Carmen, welcomed their first child, baby Eliana, through a hospital birth. And for baby number two, Peter, Catherine wanted a different experience. Uh, She just wasn't as open and surrendered in in her first birth as she wanted to be. So she wanted a home birth. But Carmen wasn't so much convinced at first. Enter our podcast. It's actually been an influence for them and something to support them along the way in their journey. And for that, we are super grateful and super humbled that we could be a part of the process. And Catherine also has a very special place in my heart because she referred to Matthew and I as young, hot, and hip which we really appreciate and totally agree with. (laughs) Now, Catherine's birth story is sweet. It's full of love, surrender, and sandwiches because Catherine and Carmen come from a big Italian family. 
And for that reason, they knew they would get a lot of questions around their decision to home birth. So what did they do? They went rogue and didn't tell anyone about the plan to home birth until after baby Peter was Earthside. Isn't that awesome? We love it. We think they're awesome. We support them fully and can't wait for you to hear their birth story. Hey, Catherine, how's it going? Not too bad, Sarah Matthew. What's up? Hey, hey. We're just chilling here, (laughs) hanging out, and uh, we're super excited to talk with you and just want to say thank you so much for coming on to the Doing It at Home podcast. Well, you're welcome, and thank you for what you're doing. I, it definitely helped me uh, make a much more educated decision about my home birth, for sure. Mm. Well, we're honored awesome we, we received that. Thank yeah. you. Um, Catherine, tell us a little bit about you so that listeners can hear and your family. And I hear we have a lot of other little um, yeah, we have a guest. person joining us. <laughs> yes, we do. He's currently nursing and tooting, so I apologize to the <laughs> listeners Love at it. home. Um well, yeah, I'm Catherine. I am 30 years old or 30 years young, however you want to look at it. Yes. I'm a new mother of a beautiful six-week-old baby boy born at home, and his name is Peter. And I also have a daughter who is quietly sleeping, and her name's Eliana, and she is 23 months. I'm a school teacher by trade turned uh, stay-at-home mama and loving every minute right now. And I'm married to a lovely, very patient man named Carmen, and he's a jazz musician. Uh, and he's awesome making everything happen. So, yeah, and that's pretty much it. And very I come cool. from, we both come from big Italian Canadian families. Wow. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, okay, so tell us a little bit about the shift in, in decision making process and experience from Eliana's birth to, you know, your second pregnancy with Peter. Um, how, how was that transition for you? Okay, well, I had, a, I had, a, I had the luxury of coming across a midwife mm. uh, just naturally. Um, my husband and I practice natural family planning, which is um, a natural way of postponing or achieving pregnancy. And in that, I encountered a woman and teacher who was also a midwife. So it kind of lingered with me because I was like, midwife, what's that? That's awesome. And these were our pre-married days. Um, so when I became pregnant, I reached out to her. I had, I had found her there again and I said, Hey, I'm pregnant. Like what's this whole thing about midwifery? And I was really drawn to a, a natural birth. Um, I didn't believe in, you know, I don't want to judge others or anything, but I was just kind of freaked out about the whole idea of like medicating during mm-hmm. something that's supposed to be like incredibly natural and experienced. Um, so I, I reached out and she explained a bit about it and thank God, like I wrote to her when I did, because there's a waiting list around here. I'm from Ontario. So, um, we have coverage, like there's actually coverage under, uh, our healthcare to get, to have a midwife, but there is a lengthy waiting period if you do not contact early enough in pregnancy. So wow. she said, Hey, I'd love to take you on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was, I was early along and met with her, learned all about it. And at the time, hospital birth was the option for me. I mean, um, having a midwife kind of sanitizes the hospital experience. So around here, I, I don't like, I listen to the podcast quite a bit with you guys. And I hear a lot of these women who've had these like horrifying hospital experiences, which I do know exists. Usually uh, my friends that have had OBs prior to then, you know, discerning to have a midwife have said that their hospital birth was like atrocious. And they had, you know, these interventions that were unnecessary and told to sit down and lie down. And if they weren't, that they were unruly, like it was crazy. Right. 
um, having a midwife at the hospital kind of sanitize this whole experience because the doctor mm. doesn't come in, the nurses don't bug you. It's essentially just a room with mm. these amazing, you know, you have amazing care. Um, so I loved my midwife. She was absolutely incredible. And I had a student intern, uh, a senior student as, as part of my labor team as well. And my labor progressed so quickly, like for a first time birth, it was insane. And I had like every mantra possible in my head of like, the body's made for this. Like I can do it, you know? Um, and I, I'm a former varsity athlete too. So I think a lot of that like mental, like survival of all those, you know, fitness runs and, and crazy, crazy, like suicide runs my coach put me through were really helpful for labor. Cause I was like, just mind over matter naturally. And so I was basically birthing at home the whole time without really knowing what was going on. Mm. Um, and it got to the point where I told my husband, I was like, man, my legs are shaking. Like, I think we should go to the hospital. Like, <laughs> this isn't, you know, it's becoming really, really difficult. So we called my wife. She's like, can you be here in half an hour? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, um, our hospital was a bit far from home, which meant that um, I was out of the region of care of these midwives in terms of there was the understanding that once I was ready for labor, I had to go to the hospital. They couldn't come to me because I lived out of the area that, anyways, it's a long story. Huh, but interesting. Uh, that was understood because I was going to labor like as a first time woman rather slowly, right? Uh, so we showed up to the hospital. I was nine centimeters at that point. Oh, wow. Um, and I, I walked in, like I'll never forget the walk in because it was crazy. Like the pain went away. It was insane. Like the drive, I don't remember. So it was kind of beautiful. I had my music on and I was just like, I must've been in like deep prayer and meditation because I totally... I didn't remember the ride. And I just remember getting out of the van and, and telling Carm, like, I'm all right. Like, I don't feel any pain. And he looked at me. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? You know, he goes, you just put me through hell, like getting me here. And he's like, I'm going to go park the car, like wait for me. I'll get a wheelchair. And I'm like, I don't need a wheelchair. I got to keep moving, you know? <laughs> so, so I walked in and um, my midwife's like, okay, we're going to check you and we'll see where you're at. Like, and I, and I, in my head, I was saying like, if I'm not where I need to be, like, I need drugs, but you know, like I felt really like, I can't do this kind of thing. Um, and when she told me I was at nine, I'm like, holy smokes, like giddy up. Yeah. So, uh, we had like, you know, the hospital birthing experience. It was, um, it was rather easy. It was rather, I sorry, I couldn't call it easy. But it was it was beautiful. I mean, it was difficult. I didn't prepare myself as a first time mom looking back now, like first time in birth and having a second. I know mentally I didn't prepare myself for the pushing as much mm. as I did for the pain management. So I was good with the um, contractions. And I like that you used uh, the waves like mm. when you described your own. It helped me the second time around, truly. Um, so I was good. I kind of pictured them as mountain peaks. So I was like, okay, I'm climbing up the mountain and then the mountain falls. So like, it's not going to last forever. It can, and, you know, scientifically it's like, okay, the longest it can go is a minute. And then, yeah. you know, the pain will, the pain's going to peak in the middle somewhere and then drop off. And my time in between give or take will change, but I can do this in terms of pushing. I wasn't really, um, I guess I didn't talk to enough people or I wasn't as prepared and I knew I was scared. Like, that's something I can honestly take away is I wasn't as surrendered in it. I wasn't open. Um, and it took longer. Like I was pushing for an hour and a half with my first. Um, and it was really like defeating feeling and stuff, but I still had incredible support and the, like the birth was, uh, was amazing. So looking back at that um, and everything, the second time that I did become pregnant, I said to my husband, like, yo, I really like this idea of home birth. And he was so against it, you know, uh, he's oh, really? actually more, con yeah, he is. He's naturally a more conservative type of guy. And he's very, um, like he'll, he'll unfortunately entertain the worst case scenario before understanding like the grass is greener kind of thing. Whereas I'm very first... much. Sorry, go ahead. 
like, where I'm very much like polar opposite of him. Well, his first reaction was yeah. like, you're crazy. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, not in a serious way, but Kat, like, do you know the risks involved and all this stuff? I said, well, I said, I don't really know that stuff, but I'm focused on like the stuff I've heard that's pretty cool. And it's worth learning about. I said, I'm definitely not open to making a decision that's out of ignorance, you know, and mm. I, and I, I assured him at the time, this wasn't something that I'm just going to decide, you know, when labor starts, like it's something I'm going to properly investigate, you know, and half of me needed more information. And half of me was like, I'm just doing this for him because I understood, um, I understood the need for him to be just as free and just as present in the moment with me as my Mm -hmm. husband and and only other person that was going to be there, you know? Um, so I had to be kind of dedicated to learning more just to help him feel safer too, if that makes sense. Um, and then not be selfish in the decision as much as I did want to be. I was like, it's my body, buddy. Like I have to go through this, not you. Um, mm-hmm. So I like, that's when I found you guys. Like I kind of Googled like home birth and they came across you and you guys are like young, hot and hip. So I was like, Hey, this is awesome. You know, young people <laughs> doing this too. Um, and I think what's really admirable about you guys, just as a shout out, is that like this was your first child. So mm-hmm. it's amazing, you know, like I'm coming at this after having gone through it as my kind of first, like as my nest egg to deciding like, hey, home birth is for me. So I listened along to your home birth uh, stories and I made sure that I um, I kept it on rather loud, you know, on my on my iPod, like in the uh, in the kitchen when my husband was working downstairs and stuff, <laughs> That's and awesome. he's like, "What are you listening to? Like, what the heck is this stuff?" Right? And it was awesome. Like these people are awesome. Like, Car, I'm like, leave it alone. They just had a home birth, and I'm learning. Um, and you know, That's the midwives funny. give a uh, they give an info info night here. Um, I don't know if it's the same in the U.S., but um, you said the they midwives have, like, a have home an birth info night. Info, yeah, they do. They host an info night for oh, cool. their clients. Cool. Yeah, and it's just so there's a, a couple witness testimony type thing of people who've had a home birth which we missed because we were late because of our toddler but then I had you guys so I didn't care yeah. I was like I don't need to hear the witness I got <laughs> we're cool we're cool um, and then yeah and then the midwife kind of uh, like one of them that was actually on my team she was very sweet she she gives like your whole powerpoint based on like all the facts and risk factors involved they walk you through all the equipment they bring so it's really mm. cool and um, you know what I was like amazed to see is how many couples were there you know young couples like ourselves maybe like, um, I'd say four or five couples, which is cool. You know, like people are really into this and open to this and into learning. So my husband and I went, um, like it was, it was kind of like a little date. It was nice. We went there and then we went out and we, and you know, he's like, I don't really want to talk about anything right now. Like I was like, okay, let's just enjoy our ice cream. Um, but I said, that was great. Right. He goes, yeah, yeah, it was good. And he asked a lot of questions, um, which I think helped him, but it's funny because I had given him the same answers, but it's just, I think hearing it from another voice who has, you know, uh, the midwifery yeah. experience. What were some of the questions for him? Um, okay. Well, like if the umbilical cords around my baby's neck, what happens if the baby mm-hmm. comes out blue, what happens? Um, if she's hemorrhages, what happens? You know, there were all these like drastic like yeah. everything that you would hear about home birth, like the worst case scenario. Um, and I think they were natural questions that most people had in the room. Yeah. And, and I, mean, I had my those questions like, too. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and Carm's also a very clean guy. Like we keep our place pretty clean and we have carpet in the bedroom. So he's like, what happens to my carpet? Yeah. <laughs> like, Are you for real? Yeah. Like I said, yeah, buddy, you carpet. know, this is a, 
Yeah, but it's going to be messy. Like, he remembers, you know, like the placenta coming out at, at the hospital and, like, looking at it and all the sights and smells of labor. And he was just having this, like, oh, man, all this in my house. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, so they answered him very patiently and, and they comforted him because they said it's very rare that all of a sudden, you know, a birth goes from zero to 60. Like, oh, the baby's dying. Like, you don't know what you're doing. Like, no, there's warning signs. There's red flags. And they're actually quite conservative and they're so protective of their own profession in the sense, and the woman and the baby. So they're not going to let you go through something that is going to put you at risk, them in risk or the baby, like mm-hmm. primarily in, in a state of emergency, you know? Um, so at that point, like my husband was open to it much more. That's and I cool. think we kind of decided, even if we hadn't agreed yet, that this was the route we were going to go. Mm. Um, and, and then things just kind of unfolded from there. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. That's awesome. That is such a cool progression of of the process and the trust and the surrender. You know, I I totally feel you on what what you said earlier about you kind of just wanted to go with the decision. Like we're just doing this because it's my body. So I got it figured out. Um, But you had the balance of your, your intuition, but then also applying some, some fact finding, some research to support your partner in that and, and help him feel um, empowered in the decision rather than just kind of going off of it because that's what you want to do so that he could have his own, almost his own identity around it is what you helped right. him to do. And I think that's beautiful. You know, it really is this, oh, thank this you. joint experience. And so sometimes it's going to take a little bit of leading from one partner or the other at different points in time so that both can feel secure and, and, um, ready. Yes. Yeah. You know, and what? I think another, sorry, you go ahead, Matthew. Oh no, no, you go, you go. No, you go ahead. Cause I, I don't want to lose your train of thought. <laughs> It's funny, Sarah and I. Sarah and I do that as well. She'll be like, "You go." No, I go. You go. Because a lot of times I'll forget. He'll forget, so he has to go. Go. Yeah. So what yeah. I was gonna say was, I think it's super cool that Carmen showed up to the info session with questions because that yeah. to me signaled that he was he was open. He was lo- looking to learn and understand because he could have just shown up and kept his mouth shut. Already, right. Already decided in his mind that home birth is for crazy people, and then he was not about to mess up his carpets, and that it wasn't going to happen that way. <laughs> yeah, right. But he had he had questions, and you know he was asking questions that I had similar thoughts in my mind, like well, what if this happens, and what if that happens, and a lot of my questions had to do with you know the the worst case scenario type of things, and so I think it's super cool that um, that he asked them and he listened to the answers, and um, yeah, I think it's beautiful process. Yeah. And I think just like touching upon it, I think like, you know, the women get a lot of shout outs here and stuff. And and I love that, you know, you bring light to like the dad's perspective, but I think like as a man too, like there's so much 
in like that simple act for, for Carmen of just like conquering his own fear and anxiety. Like he's not even the one giving birth, but like he would have had to do a lot of work in just saying like, okay, we're doing this, you know? And, and I'm hoping that through that surrender, like it just makes other things in his life or, you know, little moments like, man, okay, we did that, which was pretty extreme. Like so many, like anything's possible, you know, like for a woman, you have this empowerment so easily because your body comes out of it and you go through it in such a personal, intimate like radical way because it's your, it's part of you, you know, but for the man, like physically, you can never, what, little guy? Um, for the man, you can never really know like what that's like for the woman. Like you can witness it and everything and, and you're forever transformed, but, but being part of it in that whole, like, um, like owning, I guess the decision to allow it and conquering your own fears and stuff. is so like most men don't get that. Like, I remember, like, I think it took me like three weeks to like look at my husband and just say like, do you know how awesome that was that you did that? And he's like, yeah. what are you talking about? And I was like, it well, is, yeah. I'm like, well, I'm like, you've witnessed like unmedicated birth twice in your life. I'm like, you had a baby in your house. Like, mm-hmm. you know, how many, how many dudes are so part of birth in that way? Like how, we know so many men, like and friends and dads, a family, whatever, that their wives have kids. They've never seen a placenta. Mm-hmm. They've never like, you know, seen the vagina, like open up like that, which, mm-hmm. you know, some guys aren't into that. They don't want to see it, but like, they're, they're robbed of like something so transforming that could, you know, just Matthew, you've spoken before about like having reverence for the woman's body and just like in awe about it, you know, the creation of it. Like so many guys will never get that. And I was trying to tell my husband, like, that's awesome. And he must have thought I was nuts too. But <laughs> I was thinking about it, I'm like, it's, it's like, you're like more of a man now, you know? Heck <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I think yeah. it takes, it, it takes an incredible amount of surrender to, um, you know, for the, for, for the guys to say, we're going to go ahead with the home birth. Um, it's just the, an environment of, of totally giving in to, to what's natural. And a lot of times we don't want right. to, we don't want to do that. We want to have the intervention. We want to have somebody there to, you know, to help move things along and assist. And we want to have the drugs and we want to have the assistance. We don't have all those different things. And it's very hard. It can be very hard. I, I know for me initially, it was challenging to completely surrender and then to really trust and to trust in Sarah, that she was choosing something that uh, was, was true in her heart, to trust in Sarah's body for it to do exactly what it's designed to do, and to trust in myself right. that I could actually show up in a powerful way and be the support and be the partner that she was going to need. Because, you know, I, I've, I've never been a part of a hospital birth. Um, I've, you mm-hmm. know, I've, I've heard stories and things like that, but um, I've, I've had this belief that doing it at home meant that I was going to need to show up in a, in a more significant way. And so, right. you know, Carmen went through all that stuff as well. And I, I, I love the fact that you acknowledged it in him because, you know, that is something I think that, that can be missed. It's the, it's the father's perspective. It's the, um, you know, what the right. father takes away. So thank you for, for recognizing that in him. Oh, you're very welcome. And, um, I think another pushing factor for both of us, uh, was the fact that, so out here, when you have a midwife, um, they, they base it on region, so what suburb you live in or nearest hospital. That's kind of how they, they dictate where you get care. Um, so my primary midwife, who I knew through the NFP, I was telling you her name was Barbara, and Barbara that, like, you know, since had become a friend. Uh, Barbara's clinic is a sister clinic to where I live near, and they refused me entry, basically, because of how quick I labored. They, and it was winter, so I gave birth in January. So they, they saw a lot of factors that didn't want me driving that far. And at the time, home birth wasn't on the horizon. So we would have lost Barbara as, as my primary midwife, 
which I think for my husband too, because he had grown very comfortable with her, trusted her, mm-hmm. like really, yeah. you know, we loved her as like part of the family kind of thing. That was another factor because Barbara said, okay, well, you have to have care with these midwives at our sister clinic, but we're closely linked. However, at your birth, I can't be primary midwife if it's at a hospital there because I don't have privileges. So, you know, I was, I was happy at the time before even deciding, like, okay, Barbara, well, if you vow to be there, because she did, this woman was on vacation, and she said, regardless of when you give birth, like her vacation was at home, really. She took time with her family. Um, she says, I promise to be at your birth, but my involvement will be determined upon where you're birthing. So I said, okay, well, Barb, if I home birth, what are the options? She goes, all the rules are out the window. I'm your primary midwife. I said, holy smokes. That, that, you know, that was a game changer for me. Like, but then I fell in love with my team too at the scissor clinic. So I had like a bit of everything. I had like the two from there and I had her. Um, So that helped. Like when I told Carmen, I'm like, Carmen, if, if, you know, if we go with this home birth option, Barbara's there indefinitely. Right. But if we don't, like we don't get Barbara because I can't deliver near her practice. So um, that was just another side note and, and part of our, um, part of our deciding factor too. Um, yeah. That's, That's awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's another element of your story that I think is so awesome and badass that I want to touch on before we get into the actual details of your birth. That's okay. that you went a little stealthy and you chose not to tell anybody about the home yeah. birth plans. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm a very um, I'm a very extroverted person, uh, very outgoing in, in many ways, and I talk way too much. But in terms of like uh, knowing what's important and what needs to be private, you, I take that really seriously. Mm. But being aware also of what I need, you know, and not in a selfish way, but in a way to be able to perform. Um, so like labor is a big endeavor, and I think if you're going into labor knowing that um, you want to do this naturally, right? It's, it's something that has to be thought about. Like, I think so, like in our culture today, and if you read all those like mommy blogs and some, shout out to some of them that are really good and then some of them are so bad, they just prepare women with stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Like they're like, oh, you need this pump and you need this stroller and you need this bassinet, you need this bouncer and you need this like UFO that spins. It's like, what? <laughs> like, they try to like... They try to, like, inundate us with stuff, but they don't, like, prepare you for labor. And what they do prepare you for is, like, when you get your epidural and Mm -hmm. what to do, um, you know, what to bring in your hospital bag. Like, we need to, like, Mm. scrap all that crap and just, like, tell women, like, let's, what we need to put in the bag of your head and your heart and your Mm -hmm. soul. Like, you're entering into something. Like, that's, that's the truth, though. You know, if we prepared women for that, like like a holistic experience, I think the takeaway would be so much more valuable, you know? And for whatever reason, like I recognized that early and I was like, okay, like I'm taking this on like a job, you know, like I want to go into this unmedicated. I don't care what the lady at work says about her labor, like all these horror stories you hear of like butcher shops, like it's just brutal, you know, mm-hmm. and family saying like, oh, wait till you experience that pain, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, it can be really tempting to just give into all that. So I think, Um, We chose not to tell anyone, but we chose that for our first birth as well, even though we were in a hospital. And my husband did disagree with that. He's like, like, people want to know. And like, he tried to like play on, you know, everything like that. You're just raised up knowing like someone goes into birth, everybody packs in the car, goes into the hospital, (laughs) you know, but like, to me, it's so unnatural. Like, first of all, what are you going to do? You're going to sit outside a waiting room, like eating sandwiches, waiting for my cervix to open. Like, (laughs) like what the, like, to me, it's just absurd, you know? But then I was like, okay, again, the first time we went into labor, I was like, you know, or even before I said to Carmen, like, is this something important to you? Like as a guy, do you need that help there? Like, do you need someone with sandwiches? Like, I'll make you sandwiches. Like, what do you need? You know? Um, (laughs) 
And he's like, no, 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 no. So somehow it happened, like, uh, that we didn't tell anyone our first time in the hospital. Uh, and then we told him after the baby was born, of course, we had visitors then, you know, when it was ready and when we were right. Like, I just yeah. wanted to, like, you know, I, t- I mentioned before, like, just have reverence for the, the act and the intimacy of our of birth. Like, you know, it's something so private, just as, like, intimate as the sex that made this child. Like, mm-hmm. n- we didn't have onlookers. No one was outside the door. Like, you know, and they aren't. Um, so... I just found it fitting that, you know, it would be a private ordeal. And plus, you want to be free fully, you know, in um, leading up to the experience. I knew I needed silence because home birth for me, like, despite being, like, confident in the process, like I did, I don't know if Sarah, you had these thoughts as well, like, privately, but, you know, maybe a week before due date or I didn't even see my due date. I went early, but, like, I I had, you know, I guess as it came near, okay, this is what I'm really doing, you know? Mm. What, like you, you get tempted by like, what if all those things they say about home birth is true? Like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, this would give reason for all my family members to then say, um, like, see, you know, this is why it's just crazy. Like, this is why we have hospitals, blah, blah, blah. Like even choosing a midwife to them is radical. So you can imagine home birth, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it just kind of, yeah, it was really amazing that we both decided not to tell anyone in terms of our daughter's home care, like, we have a, a daughter as well, but I think you'll get into that with details. That was our other conversation that we'll explain, but um, that made it difficult because we were keeping it private. My midwives were like, well, like you have a toddler, like what's your game plan, you know? Um, so yeah, I'll touch that later, but it was, it was beautiful to keep it private. I did get asked though. It's funny because uh, my mom kind of said, uh, you know, are you having a home birth? And I was like, um, I was oh, like, wow. no, like, why would you think that? So like, I have to like fully <laughs> lie to people. You know what I mean? Or like the comments would come around like my mother-in-law once, um, like my sister-in-law's friend had had a home birth or a coworker. And she's like, Oh my God, can you believe she had a baby at home? I'm like, it's pretty awesome. Like, you yeah. know? and she's like, and she like full out said like, you know, I'm okay with the midwife, but like not home birth. Like, would you be okay with that? And I, and I was like, well, like whatever the women want, you know, and I, it was oh, like man. right in the surface, even before labor set on, she asked me again, like they must have this feeling. She asked me again, so what are you doing with Eliana? And um, so the midwife comes to your house because the midwives around here will do like house visits sometimes like they did during pregnancy. It was great. Yeah. Um, so they came and checked me at home to, you know, did everything. Um, and she goes, so the midwife comes to see you at home, but like they'll, they'll have the birth in the hospital. Right. I said, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of funny. I had to lie, but we, you know, I feel like we were talking about this earlier, Sarah, like, being okay with with doing that, you know, mm-hmm. like certain folks, yeah. you know, they ask you the question and they'll say, you think home birth is, birth is crazy, right? And it's like, you know what, in that moment, I could get into it and go down the rabbit hole of explaining myself and arguing this and that. Or you could just say, yeah, sure. And keep it moving. Right. And, you know, it is an right. interesting balance between those things. And, you know, I feel like I experienced that when uh, we were... Like certain people, I may not get into the details of the home birth right. with just because, <laughs> yeah, just, just not worth it. So I think it's super cool right. that that you know you chose to uh, to honor that you know the space that you were in and just keep it moving with certain folks. Like they didn't need to know. Right. Mm. Thank you, guys. Yeah. So so let's get into birthday. Yeah. How, how did that oh, go yeah, down? Then- Okay, so this is the funniest thing because I feel like my birth was happening for like a week, but it really wasn't. Um, So my first labor was kind of nice in that my water broke. Like it was pretty textbook, right? Like water breaks, but contractions hadn't started. So it helped me mentally because I'm like, okay, this happened. So labor at some point is happening, you know? Um, Whereas this time um, I started having, I guess, like the bloody show um, at about 
when did I give birth? So I gave birth at 39 weeks and four days. And what's ironic is I gave birth at 39 weeks and four days naturally with both children, the exact wow. same gestational period. Wow. That's crazy, right? So, yeah, and I don't know, maybe my body just incubates till that long and it's yeah. like, boom. Yeah. But it, it's like, you know, it's pretty, like the same exact, that's nuts. So at about 39 weeks, and I'd say like maybe two days, I started having some bloody show happening. Um, so I, I gave birth on a Friday night. So I went into labor at Friday night at like a 9.30 on January 14th, but I didn't have the baby until, sorry, no, January 13th, the Friday the 13th, went into labor, had the baby January 14th at 1 a.m. So it was like a four-hour show. It was crazy. Okay. But on um, Tuesday of that week, I started losing some blood from my cervix, right? And I was like, this is interesting. Like, is, And I knew it wasn't concerning blood, but I did notify my midwife. I said, hey, this is what I'm seeing. Like, what's going on? I have no contractions. Nothing is happening. She's like, okay, if things stay the same, like this is normal, it could just be shedding, um, you know, cervical lining, your body could be getting ready, right? Um, by Wednesday, I was starting to have like menstrual type things, but nothing that made me feel like contractions, right? Like I definitely knew what to look out for because I'd gone through labor before. Um, but they were uncomfortable, but very inconsistent patterns. Again, like secreting more mucus, more blood. And I was just, so I started going into like this, I guess like this over anxious type thing in a way. I'm like, oh my gosh, the baby's coming tonight or the baby's coming tomorrow. The baby's coming right now. Like, just, you know, got to get the house clean, got to get everything prepared for the home birth. And um, I started talking about to everyone in the sense that like, guys, I think the baby's coming this weekend. Like, you know, I was trying to play, just play around. Um, and things started getting, I'd say more intense on, on Thursday. And uh, that was a problem day because my husband had a gig and he was, he, he had uh, just recently gotten hired with a local university here to be a private, uh, private jazz piano instructor. And it was like his first day. And uh, that would have been January 12th. And I had told him like, Carm, I don't know what's up, but you're going to work. I'm just, I'm starting to feel uncomfortable. I'm starting to have a lot of like pulling, like some more contractions. Um, so I like just be on standby, like keep your phone nearby, but you're definitely going, you know what I mean? And again, just having the trust and like not being afraid, like he was almost an hour from home. Um, and then he had a gig that night too. So he was gone, like he was gone most of Thursday night as well. Um, so things kind of like, I'd say that I had a lot more pain on, on Thursday. Notice I'm with and she said to me, Hey, like, do you think it's a good idea if we come by and check where you're at? Like she wanted to check my dilation. And I had something with that too. I said, no. <laughs> um, I said, because if you check me, what does this mean? Like you might irritate my cervix. You might start things sooner than they would start on their own. And I said, I feel mm. comfortable enough with, without knowing, because then I think mentally too, some women like to have the internal or they like to have one of those membrane sweeps, like, cause they, they just want things kind of started and maybe need that as well. And some women like to know, am I dilated yet? For me, I knew because of who I am, that if I knew I was like at four centimeters or two, I'd be walking around going on a two, I'm at two, I got to yeah. go to 10. Like it would, it would cloud my whole, you know, um, just like freedom and just like, like totally allowing the body to just do it when it wants, you know? Um, and I guess I too, like if, if they checked me and then they instigated something, my husband's an hour away, like what if things happen quick, which they did, thank God we didn't do it. Um, so that's pretty much it. Then Friday goes by and I was just happy. I'm like, Ooh, we missed Thursday, you know? Uh, and Friday, like no, no discomfort at all. Like continuing with like little bleeding and everything and more mucus coming out, but it was the weirdest thing. And nine 30, uh, I usually go to bed. I'm kind of like an early riser in the morning. So I like to get to bed at a decent time as well. And then all of a sudden I'm like texting my sister-in-law about the day. And I just start feeling a contraction. Like I knew 
what it was. And I said to my, I'm like, Carm, like he was brushing his teeth. I'm like, I think I just had one. He's like, for real? Wow. I was like, yeah. So, and then within like another four minutes, I'm like, man, there's another one. And he goes, are you for real? I said, yeah. And then he goes, I'm going to bed. I said, okay. <laughs> he's like, and then, you know, he's like, do what you got to do. Let me know if you need me. And I'm like, okay. So I get my music, I get my earbuds in. I went into the other room, which was now the, the new baby's room. And I just had my exercise ball and like I did all my rocking and just like, you know, whatever. I, I find like all fours was really comfortable for me, just mm-hmm. back and forth, back and forth through the movements of the, uh, uh, you know, just managing the pain. Right. Um, so after that had gone on, I was quite consistent, like um, for about like five minutes apart for about an hour. And that's when I I sent Barbara a text message and I just said, hey, um, you know, I've been going pretty steady now since 9.30, it was about 10.30 at the time, I said, what do you want me to do? Let me, like, please advise, right? So she said, how long are they lasting? Which I hadn't recorded, right? I wasn't timing how long they were lasting. I was just breathing. Um, so I said, uh, I said, let me, let me measure that and get back to you. And they were lasting for about a minute, some of them 45, and the, the highest peak was, like, at 30 seconds. So she goes, I'm getting in my car. <laughs> she <laughs> said, uh, I'll be there shortly. And she was about half an hour out. And she said to me, if they become any closer, you need to call me because that means she had to call her backup, which was coming from the the closer clinic. Right. Mm. Um, So at that point, I called my husband. I just said, hey, get up. Like uh, Barbara's on her way. And he's like, what? You know, Um, we're having a we're having a a baby. You know, he's like, what? Like, what's happening? And uh, so then they started becoming like rapidly, like every three minutes. And I'm like, what's going on? And, and I was kind of like, you know, I get kind of proud and slash, like, you don't really know what's happening. I was like, don't be, I was like, don't be dramatic. I'm like, it's not three minutes. We're okay. And, and it was quite manageable, which is crazy. Like the first time I, rem- I remember my, um, like my, my labor to be more, I felt like maybe more painful or maybe I wasn't as experienced. I have no idea. But this time I could have missed it completely. I'll be honest with you. Like I had wow. no idea that this was like for real, it wasn't as bad. And I, I don't like mean to like say that to women who are like, Oh, this woman, like she's talking so proud and whatever. Like I'm being honest, like my body was seriously like either used to it or, or I don't know, like maybe my pain threshold went up. But I remember Barbara telling me like, don't mistake, you know, those, those pains to be insignificant because they could be significantly doing something. It just might be your body is, you know, having an easier time with them now because it's your Mm. second, right? She Mm -hmm. said, she's like, so you need to keep me informed. So my husband, like, thank God he took the liberty of phoning her because he said, Barbara, here we are. Like, she's she's every three minutes, every two minutes. So at that point, she called the other midwives. And I just remember it was like a beautiful scene because my daughter was already asleep. Everything was working out, you know, somehow Mm -hmm. in this beautiful plan. Like, the sky is dark outside. Like, we're in our bedroom. Um, And the midwives, like, it's such a, like, a gentle movement, you know? Like, Barbara just came in with her bags and like they're, they're so like, it was amazing. Like what I kind of describe it as, is like, they just play off each other. Like these midwives, like, like a dance, like they get, they go straight and, and really in an environment like where they've never been, like Barbara's been here, but the other lady hadn't come to my home yet. You know, they just know what to do. They're, they're non-invasive, but they're, they, they're comfortable. Right. And it was so cool because they just like navigate my bedroom. They put their things down. They brought the oxygen. They put it over like our heating vent and we chose to have our baby in our room in the bed. Um, and like they plug their things in and ever so quietly, like they're not disrupting. 
they weren't disrupting my movement. They weren't, they weren't disrupting me or asking me for things. Like, and I think Carmen, like, this is when like, he stepped up like crazy. Like the guy was like, what do you ladies need? And, um, what can I do? Do you want me to move stuff out of the room? And, and like, I remember like, even though I was so focused on like my breathing and <clears throat> like my movement, like in between contractions, I was able to be present to like what he was doing, which was nice. And we have a parking restriction here for every three hours. And he's like, can I get your license plates guys? Like, I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> I got to call them into the city. Like, yeah, he's just, you know, so detail oriented. Um, and it was, it was really beautiful. And like him and the other midwife, like started setting up the bed. And, um, and then Barbara said to me, okay, let's go check you, you know, in the other rooms in the baby's room we went and she goes, okay. So she goes, you're eight centimeters. I'm like, excuse me. Like, how did that just happen? Like, you know, <laughs> how do you go from like zero to eight and just have an hour of this? Like, this is nuts. She goes, well, your body was like really working on things throughout the week. And I was like, holy smokes. So she goes, now we just wait. Right. And it was like the most beautiful waiting. And then, you know, here comes my husband, like, ladies, do you want tea? And I'm like, what? So he goes and makes some peppermint tea. And these women are sitting there like just it was, you know, uh, Barbara and another lady named Ellen that are like senior midwives. They're very experienced. And uh, they sat there drinking their tea. Um, and, and just waiting for me to, to go into like full throttle. And, and it was so pleasant. I, I mean, it was kind of what I pictured, but it even like exceeded my expectations. Wow. Um, it was very, it was extremely comfortable. Like I'm in my space and, and what's amazing is like any fear that I had was kind of gone at that point. Like I just, I was worried mentally before the home birth, like how do I transition in my head um, giving birth that's seen as so medical, right? Like how do I transition out of the image of I need to free myself when I'm at a hospital versus like, how do I become free in my own house and in, in my bed? Mm. You know, wow. it's, it's like, it was kind of, it was like difficult. And like, what if I can't surrender at home because home is not a natural place to have your birth, right? These are like inner thoughts I had, but when it was happening, it was so easy and so natural. Like there was nothing more comfortable, you know, mm. I'm walking around my own house. I'm in my own clothes. Like, you know, I'm chilling out. I got my own bathroom. I got my own everything. And like, it, it was just so, and women I trust, you know, my husband, whom I trust and no one else was bugging me. It didn't happen in the middle of the day when people were on the phone, like what's Catherine doing or where's the baby? Like, is she asleep? It was, uh, it was pretty awesome. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers stay clean technology. Making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boy's easy opening, smooth pouring container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. So things progressed nicely. Um, my husband, I don't even know what he did during that time. Like he was just kind of around like serving the women, which was good. Like he knows how to, how to not be like in my face and like let them do what they need to do. Um, yeah, maybe I could be more welcoming, but you know, I was trying to manage things. And, uh, yeah, you, he, you were busy. He was just, yeah, I was busy, you know, and I'm kind of mean. Like, it was funny. The first birth, I was kind of mean to him. Like, stop it. Stop talking to me. Like, so I guess he learned. Like, so don't have to talk to her right now. 
Um, and like, it was good because, you know, he was able to have his own house and his own kitchen. Like if he had to go make himself a sandwich, like he was able just to go and do it, you know? Um, <laughs> All the sandwiches then, he could want. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's an Italian man. Like that, that stigma is true. They need to be well fed. So like, it just was what was happening. Um, the ladies were having their tea and then I guess I could feel getting more intense, you know, and, and I like to know where I'm at in labor, but I, I, cause I like to just mentally, you know, it helps me along the way. So I remember looking at Barbara and saying, okay, Barbara, like here I am, like, it's getting pretty bad. I'm like, compared to last time, like, where am I? And, you know, she really helped me. She goes, okay, well think about this. She goes, last time, um, you came to the hospital at the phase you're at now. And she goes, and you weren't managing as well. It's like, I felt like that gave me a little bit of confidence. I was like, Mm. all right. I was like, you're right. Like I am managing much better than I did that time. You know, like the pain's not as bad or, or they, I feel more comfortable. I feel okay. Um, and last time, oh, I should include like my first birth, I had an episiotomy, right. In pushing, which, which had to have happened, uh, for many reasons. Uh, but I also didn't want one again. And I was like really focused on like, I need to just be open this mm. time. Like I had to conquer this pushing and as afraid as I was, I needed to do it. So I remember that was like starting to like play in my head a bit as well. Um, and the other midwife was really helpful in instructing me to, to manage my pain. I, I tended to, like, though I like all fours, it, like, it was natural for me to, like, go up when I would feel like a wave coming along. I would kind of, like, cringe upwards and breathe. And she was like, no, fall into it, you know? She's mm. like, drop your knees. She's like, surrender to it. Like, just give in to that. And I was like, this is the best advice ever. Oh. And I started just kind of, like, dropping my knees and, like, surrendering to it, opposed to, like, trying to fight it by, like, cramping up. Right. And it just became so much better. Um, and I decided at that point, I was like, okay, I'm going to go in the shower because I remember last time the water was extremely helpful though. I wasn't into the whole tub thing. It just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that like having the hot water pelt on my belly and my mm-hmm. first, uh, during like my first labor was so nice. Uh, so I asked for permission. I said, can I step in the shower? Like, and, and the midwives were like hundred percent, but if at any point you feel pressure, you need to please call us or come out, you know? Mm-hmm. And I said, all right. And I might've been in there for like like two minutes and I just felt like, you know, I'd like to describe it. Like you just feel like there's a bowling ball between like your butt and your vagina. And you're like, all right, here it is. I know that this is going to happen. Um, and I had this private moment of like, what if I just stayed in the shower and didn't tell them? Like, would they know that I was having this pressure? And then it's like, you know, you could only fight your body for so long. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I'm a crazy person. Like, I can't, I can't do this. So then I just said, Barbara, like, you know, she came in, I'm like, I have a robe, and she gave me the robe, and I'm like, okay, like, I'm feeling that, what you told me I'm going to feel, and like, and I said to her, I'm like, I don't want to do this, you know? She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't want to push. I'm like, I'm not pushing, and you know, like, I had my moment of weakness, you know, and, mm-hmm. and just my, like, full fear came back, and, and she's like, you have no choice, and she said, uh, this is the way your baby's coming into this world, and you need to meet your baby now, like, and, oh, wow. and I was like, all right. So she goes, we're just going to check where you're at and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. So then I was at 10 and I said, so it's going to happen anytime. And at this point I should know my waters had not broken. Mm. Um, and they're very, they're, they're very good at like letting the body do what it has to do. Cause they were, I heard them talking about like, do we want to break the waters right now? Or like, you know, and then I think they both decided along with me that it's okay to like, let's see what happens. Cause naturally the waters have that way of just breaking before push time, you know, yeah. let's give it as long as possible. However, they did not break. So this is part of the story. Um, and it was definitely, uh, getting close to push time. I was, you know, just on the side of the bed 
And at that point, I hear my child, my second born, my first born, sorry, starting to wake up and say, Mm -hmm. mama, mama, up, up. And I'm like, (sighs) no way. Right. And uh, she's generally like a 12 hour sleeper straight, like doesn't wake up. And and if she does, she needs just like, you know, I would come there and say, mama's here. And then she just falls right back to sleep at that point. Right. And Mm -hmm. never happens. So my husband's not the guy that usually goes to the crib, which, you know, in hindsight, we probably should have worked on something. Um, So I remember him saying, like, I got it. And I was like, what? I was like, you got it. I'm like, okay, she's going to freak because this is very unnatural for her at this time. And he's like, no, 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 I got it. I got it. So he stepped away, right? Um, Which at that point, someone might say, see, if you had someone, your husband could have been there the whole time. But it still worked out so beautifully, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so he went and dealt with that. The women were just kind of getting me ready. I still wasn't like at the push, push phase, like ready to go. Um, and he came back in and, um, at that point, my midwife, Barbara was not feeling very well, which is kind of like something that can happen, I guess, at any time. Uh, so they called her back up as well. And, uh, I knew that that was happening. So there was someone else that was going to show up for the pushing time just to, to help out with the moment. Like Barbara would surely deliver, but then she was going to have to leave. So the other midwife had to come. And I remember my husband coming back in. He's like, man, she's not going down. Like, let's just leave her. And I said, why don't you just bring her in? Like I had that whole, like, you know, I'm comfortable with her here. And I know a lot of home birth people worry about where to keep their toddler. Like some women have their babies and their pets present and it mm-hmm. works, you know? Um, so I said to Carm, like, bring her in. He's like, no, no, disaster. And I said, okay, if that's going to be a disaster. So then I said to him, like, picture this, like, I'm ready to push. I go, I got it. <laughs> He's like, what? So I waddle on, okay, <laughs> oh, room. no, straight out. And like, you can talk to my midwife and they're looking at me. And this is how, this is how amazing like midwife care is, is that they're so like, they knew that there was no imminent danger if I were to do this. Mm-hmm. And they were very aware that I was making a decision consciously that I wanted and they let me. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was even more amazing. They looked at me, they're just like, okay, okay. Right. So I went to her room and like, obviously if you're ready to push and you're walking, like the body's just continuing to work with gravity here. Right. <sighs> I get to her crib, I walk in, and usually I sing Silent Night to her, and then she'll just, like, she likes that as well. So literally, I was just like, Silent Night, Holy Night. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I'm oh, like, wow. and, I, and my poor daughter's looking at me like, Mama. Like, and I said, Barbara. Like, I call her, you know. Bowling said, ball again. Happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said, bowling ball. And she brought, like, the little, you know, that pad that they keep on your bed. And she just, mm-hmm. like, lifted it up to my vagina. And she's like, I guess she could feel the pressure, you know, or something. I don't know what they feel. And she's like, it's time to go. And I remember like, no. <laughs> and then my daughter's like, what? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so my it was gosh. Like, so, but you know what is amazing about all that? It was just what I needed to push with even more fierce. Oh. Like, yeah. like get this baby out. Cause it was like, I was playing off of her like crying. And then it was just like, so awesome. Oh. And, and Carmen again, went in her room. Um, like I knew he wasn't going to miss the, 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 the labor, you know, but they got me into position. And for my daughter, my first, my firstborn, I was on my back. Um, and I found that to be comfortable, but for my second, I don't know, for some reason, the midwife said, okay, let's get up on like, so holding onto the headboard, like on all fours kind of thing. Um, and that was really an intimidating position for me because of someone who did have an episiotomy and was starting to tear naturally. I found that that would have made it worse. I was kind of freaked out. Um, but part of that, I think, was really beautiful because it really helped me like attack, mm. like the, the experience wow. of pushing. Like I felt like I was. Like I was, I was, I was in it. I was in control of it more. I didn't feel like I was victim to like, um, like the force of pushing. Whereas like on my back, I felt like maybe, you know, because I was lying down, I didn't feel like, like I was as powerful or something, you know? So being on all fours really helped me feel it. 
and and I so at this point my water had not broken right so this is also very tragic um my husband walked in at this point and I had delivered my water bag like so essentially what I felt like I could tell you was like a head like that's how much pressure this bag was but the baby was not born in the bag at the point that the bag emerged my midwife then broke it um so it was kind of like and and at the time I was like is this the head? Cause it felt like a head. Like it's so, it was so big and it was so like, it was hard, like a head would be right. But I remember doing it. And I remember asking them the entire time I was like, was that a head? She goes, no, Catherine, that was just the bag. And then in my head, I said, wow, I'm like, okay, so I just need to do that again. Mm. Like, and it's almost absurd because it felt like I gave birth once in that moment, but now I got to get myself oh, ready man. to be just as open, like vaginally again. Wow. Like I was afraid but I wouldn't like, I was like, no, it was kind of like a preparatory thing. Like, okay, so she broke it. And sure enough, like the head was right there. And I remember becoming like quite vocal. At this point, my husband was in the room and he, he came in, he goes, I'll never forget the worst. He was, I walked in at the worst state. He goes, all of a sudden I see this sack hanging out of you. <laughs> and he goes, it was veiny. And he goes, I was freaked out. I was like, is that my child's head? And they're like, no, Carmen. Yeah. He was so scared. He's like, what is, like, is this a goblin? Like, cause he goes, Pat, it was gross. He's like, you know, he goes, it was the worst sight, you know, and the poor, yeah, I felt bad for him. And then I remember when he walked in, he was like standing against the wall. <laughs> like if he could leave the room, I think he would have like jumped out of the wall. And he was just, he was like at where my face was. Right. Cause I had three midwives, but he was just standing there watching this go down and, and he's like, how long now? And they're like any second, really, which is crazy. Cause like, I only pushed for five minutes practically, you know? Oh, wow. And the one midwife who I did not know ever, she just showed up uh, as backup. Her name was Shirley and Shirley was on my right side. I had Ellen on my left and Barbara was at the helm, like to catch. Right. And I was breathing in and then breathing like, Oh, like making sound. She's like, stop making sounds. And I'd, like, part of me like was like, I'm going to punch this lady, like, you know, and then part of me is like, okay, maybe she's talking some truth. She said, use that sound, like, as mm-hmm. breath, like, and I was like, oh, man, it's, like, she knows what she's talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So as much as I didn't want to listen to her, I started to listen to her, and I remember, like, um, I remember knowing that, like, I just had to, like, get my head into my vagina, if that makes sense, and just tell like, just be open, like, mm-hmm. don't even close, like, because you want to, you want to quench, like, you want to fully, like, like shoot that baby back up, you know, but that doesn't help any. And that doesn't change the fact that the baby wants to come. Mm -hmm. If anything, it prolongs the experience and it makes it more difficult. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's getting the brain around that moment of like, okay, I just have to be open, like, and push, 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 and don't quench. Right. And I remember like through it all, um, I just had that vision of just like as open as I could be. And, and I knew in my head, I'm like, okay, the vagina is not going to break in this process. This is what it's made for. Okay. If there's a little bleeding at that point, like, I don't care. Like, just like, I'm going to just do this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I have my, my baby crying. Like, I just, I need, I need all this done, you know? Um, and it was really beautiful. So the head came out and, and I felt more in this position and in this, in this labor than I did the second, the first time, which was really beautiful. Like I, I, I felt the head and I felt like just these like skinny little limbs, like coming on out. And, mm-hmm. and I remember just feeling like, Holy smokes, like that wasn't so bad. And it wasn't as hard, you know, mm-hmm. because I think mentally I was just more, more, more there. And, uh, and then, you know, my husband said, he's like, it's a boy. And, and I remember just Aww. being like, you know, and at this time we had discussed names and he recycled the name from the first thing. He goes, if it's a boy, like I really like Peter. And I was, at first I was like, I'm not really into that. And then when he came out, I just picked him up and I did something like no woman should ever do unless like they know for sure what they're naming their child. I just go, Hey, Peter. Like, Aww. and then I look at my husband, I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> because we had two boys names 
and uh, and I didn't um, I didn't discuss it with you, but I like Peter, so I kind of like named the kid, you know. Um, and we kind of like we're we're Christian, so we went with like a Bible name, and it's, it's ironic actually, Matthew, because my dad came over after he's like, you know, I like the, the apostles' names, but I really like Matthew. I like Peter, but I, I like Matthew. So, anyways, that's just like here or there, but whatever. So we chose Peter, and then it was kind of beautiful because like at that point, you know, they bring um, you know they they bring the child to you, and they wait time before they cut the. Uh, the umbilical cord and she's beautiful like get the child with the mom and and uh and i said to carmen I'm like it's okay like go they're gonna clean up and i said go with eliana and just give him like a little breathing break and you know he wasn't missing anything i said when you when they're ready to do all you know the apgar tests and wait and um and everything like that i said you can be here and i want you to take your pictures and, and do the dad thing right so in a way like he was more divided, I think, for the experience because we do have another daughter, but it's also very real of and reflective of our life. Like mm. we're parents of two now, you know, and and I think yeah. that was like the first moment of understanding, like, hey, like it's not just the three of us or the two of us. Like now we're four, um, so yeah, we're gonna have to like piggyback certain moments and work together in a different way. Where and it's happening like right now, like even like our child's just born. What you know, some people may say like, well, if you had a babysitter, I'm like, okay, if I had a babysitter, babysitter would have been here for four hours, like in my house, like really annoying, or my daughter would been out when she didn't need to be out that time because she sleeps better in her bed so um it, it just worked like like really beautifully and mm-hmm. and after um you know they cleaned me up they were like the midwives I think like what I didn't prepare myself for is how doting they are like like just like super mamas and how mm-hmm. much yeah. um they take care of your space like mm-hmm. there was not one drop of blood mucus nothing on our beautiful carpet mm-hmm. um our bed was immaculate like the lady like I remember like I had underwear on and, and I had bled on some of it. Like she was, she scrubbed it in the sink and she hung it up over my shower rod. And then she said to me like, you know, Kat, where's your underwear? And I was like, like, don't worry. Like my husband can get it. She's like, no, where is it? I'm like top drawer on the left. Like she fully brought me a clean pair of underwear. Mm. Um, I like, I wasn't prepared for, for all of that as part of the experience. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, and you really feel more of that in the home because there's less for them to do. I think there is much more paperwork in a hospital for them as well. Um, what you would think, like at home, there would be more liability, but I think there's liability everywhere. However, at a hospital, there, there is more paperwork. There's more to do. you got to discharge me to the postpartum section, blah, blah, blah. So they're kind of divided in what they're able to do. But at home, like everybody was present, you know, and even Barbara feeling sick, she was just fully there. Mm. Um, it was It was like incredible. And and after, you know, they had cleaned me up and I was feeling quite okay. I went back to my daughter and I put her back to sleep. Like, and my wow. husband came in. Yeah, wow. I did. And she went down in like two minutes. <laughs> She's wow. just like, you know, and yeah, sure. She was up for like an hour and a half, just chilling in her crib. And, and uh, it was very timely of her. Um, but then we were able to just kind of, you know, Carmen was able to have his time taking lots of pictures of Peter. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we had our time in the bed and the midwives, like, they don't just leave you high and dry. Like, I think everyone fears kind of like, oh, you have your baby at home. What happens through the night? Like, what if you hemorrhage or, you know, they give a waiting time. They check your vitals so much mm-hmm. and they stayed here for like five hours, you know, and I'm, um, my blood type is RH negative. So that's a factor also in, in pregnancy, because if my son wasn't negative, I would have had to have the Rogam shot within 72 hours of his birth. So like the midwife even stayed at my house. Then she had to run the cord to the hospital to check his blood, make sure like wow. we were either both negative or yes. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, you have a long day. She's like, yeah. And, and the good thing is he's, he's negative like me, so I didn't need the other needle. But there's just so many layers of, like, what their care and concern is. And, and I remember my husband saying, like, do you guys want food? Like, he was just mm-hmm. so good and made these. And they were like, we know where stuff is. Like, you know, I guess they, they found my pantry. 
and they said, we'll just, um, we'll just go down and get some toast and peanut butter. And they asked me what I wanted and, you know, they made me toast and peanut butter, um, some Gatorade or whatever I asked for at the time. And, and it was just really awesome. And then, and then they just leave, you know, um, after five hours and I'm like, wow, we just had a baby like in our bed and now we're here in it. Like it's clean. This is so cool. You know? And then it felt like so exciting too. Cause like our family's sleeping, they have no idea what's going down, yeah. you know? And, and it's, and it's kind of, it's kind of cool that I went into labor even before my, my due date again, because no one starts asking, how are you feeling? Like, mm-hmm. did you go into labor yet? It's really annoying. Like when you get past 40 and people are like, any movements, like anything. And you're just like, shut up, like go yeah. away. Um, so it's cool that like, I didn't hit that date yet. So people weren't really as annoying or expecting like, Hey, she's gonna have a baby. And I didn't expect a baby in four hours. I could tell you that much. Like I didn't think, you know, at nine 30, then by one I'd be having a kid like no way. Um, so the next morning I said to my husband, you know, I kind of gave him that control and jurisdiction. And, you know, I felt like so much was in my control, um, like where we're having the baby at first and everything. So I just said, when do you want to tell people? And, you know, the ironic thing is like, he teaches piano too from home. He had to teach at 8 a.m. Like the poor guy was on like four hours of sleep or something, like oh, not no. even. And and I said, yo, cancel your students. And he's like, no, 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 like I'll get it done. He's like, are you going to be okay with both of them? I said, yeah, we'll see how it goes. You know, so my daughter got up, met her brother and but it was so cool. And he taught, he finished. He goes, I'm not going to message anyone. Uh, you know, and that was great on his part too. Like he had great surrender. He's like, I'm not going to message anyone until I'm done teaching at 11, you know, mm-hmm. you know, half a day of teaching. And then we just said, you know, baby was born at this time mom and baby, well, um, we'll let you know when you can come, mm. like not come home, like <laughs> nothing. Right. right. So and Italian people want to celebrate birth. Like they just like want to be in your face and in your house and after you <laughs> discharge. Right. Which like looking back naturally, like if I was in a hospital, you kind of have that, um, I guess that curtain and shelter of visiting hours. So yeah. people have to get out when you're at home. It's like, there are no visiting hours mm-hmm. and that can be kind of manipulated and maybe <laughs> taken advantage of. Um, but, uh, oh, Peter's getting a little fussy. You're okay, mama. Um, people can kind of take advantage, but they were really good. Like I, I wasn't aware that we would have so many people, but it, it was okay. Like at nighttime, uh, my sister-in-law came and my in-laws, my parents all came, my brother, like it was just, I had a full house downstairs, but I, um, they were really respectful of having like, I was just with the baby upstairs for most of the time, you know, I came down to eat something, but no one tried to like over, you know, coddle the baby or, you know, I feel like in those early hours, like the mother's touch is the most important, like, and the father's as well. But for, you know, the sake of milk and everything and bonding, like we just need to be so close, you know, um, they were, they were really cool with that took their pictures and, and moved on. Um, and then hearing about the home birth, cause they were all like, well, how are you guys discharged so soon? Cause originally we just said, yeah, like we got, like everything went great. And like, because we had our baby so soon, they let us go. Like, we were just, you funny know, story. And, yeah. Funny story guys. Um, and then we told them all, we're like, actually at home birth. So there was a lot of silence around it. Um, I had mentioned to my one sister on my brother's wife at the time that I was thinking of it. And she's super cool. And she, uh, she's probably the only person in the family that I did say, like, I'm thinking about home birth. I think it'll be cool. She's like, Oh, like, that's awesome. Like she was, she's like, you're, you rock. Like she thought it was awesome, but no one else knew. So there was kind of a grand silence of receptivity to it. Mm. Um, like, especially for my mother-in-law, she was just kind of like, Oh, had the baby at home. Like didn't really want to get into things liked hearing about it like since the day she has been like learning more mm-hmm. and she's like it's better you didn't tell me like it's awesome like see we know people she's like it's really better you didn't tell me because I wouldn't have been able to rest mm-hmm. so, like she said it would have yeah. driven me nuts right hey, she's honest. Um, that's awesome yeah she's honest and then it was funny my grandmother who's like you know 
almost 80 year old Italian woman who had my dad like pretty much in a barn in Italy was like, are you crazy? And I was like, none, I was like, none that like you had, like you had my dad like in a barn at home in a field somewhere, like with a lady who you didn't even call midwife. You don't even know if she was one. Like you just called her like Donna, which is an Italian as lady. And like, who was the Donna? Like, we don't know. Like, and you're telling me I'm crazy. She goes, you're right, you're right, you know? Uh. And, and surprisingly, like, like my dad, who's a pretty conservative guy, was, like, awesome. Like, it makes sense. He just said, makes sense. Uh. Like, I was like, okay, dad. Like, you know? And um, and then everyone, and then it's funny, like, I guess, oh, my son just burped. Sorry about that. Um, my, my husband's grandmother, who's, like, so cute, this little lady, uh, she is so my mother-in-law's mother, and my mother-in-law's very, like, you know, she was anxious about home birth, like, wouldn't like it. But I guess my mother-in-law's mother, uh, Teresa is her name, she goes to, like, Bocci, which is, like, Italian lawn bowling, like, once a week, and they have all their friends there. And they share stories about, like, godchildren and grandchildren and, like, who had birth and how long it was. Like, they just, you know, love to talk about these things. So she went there bragging about the fact that we had a home birth, like, you know. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it was so, she's like, yeah, they have the baby at home. Like, and then the people are like, what? But they're like, oh, my son's, my son's wife did that. Or, like, it all came out where there's this whole, like, you know, sharing amongst these old people about home birth, you know, which was really <laughs> present for them at ho- wow. like, back in the day. Yeah, yeah. It became something totally lost when they immigrated and mm. amalgamated to, like, American life and Canadian life. And um, so it was awesome. And even, like, it was funny because, like, t- very timely, we had uh, Peter's baptism yesterday and, and all the grandparents were together. And apparently Nonna was asking Carmen at night, like, can you tell me more about the home birth? Like, what was it like? And what do the women do when they come into your house? What do they bring? Like, you know, she's so curious about it. And so I think, um, you know, in not uh, telling people and in having a successful experience, and uh, it's, it's a point of like, you know, educating, right? Because oh, you're yeah. educating with, with proof. Like, it's not just saying like, hey, there's this couple, Matthew and Sarah, who like had a home birth and it was awesome for them. This is why I'm doing it. Like, it's it's like, we just had one. This is what it's about. This is how it went. And when they see the fruits of that, you know, yeah, like, yeah. they're like, wow, the baby's healthy. The baby's yeah. growing. You're not dead. You didn't hemorrhage. Um, like, you're totally fine. You know, they, even if they're too proud to admit it, like, it's still there. Like, it resonates just the same. And obviously, yeah. like, you know, there's a bit of pride in each of us. It's like, man, I did it. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like, we, we did it. Um it just it just kind of makes things amazing, you know, and it, it's such a it was it's just amazing, like really, like it, it's such an overall. Um, it takes as someone who had a hospital birth, you know, both at both natural labors. I would say that this takes your birth to like a different level mm-hmm. of comfort and a, and a beautiful place, mm-hmm. you know. And even for the child, I felt my son adjusted better. So mm-hmm. Eliana would have been born at a hospital, and then we were discharged like shortly after twenty four hours, which means. You know, I'm getting my kid. She was born in March. It was rather warm here. But, like, I have to get her to clothes for the first time. Like, little babies just want diapers and swaddles. Like, I had to put her in an outfit to take her home. I had to put her in a car seat. Like, what's a car seat? Like, I'm just out of a womb, and you're putting me in a car seat. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like, you know, at the time, it was it was normal because that's what people do. So you just, like, take your baby home. But this time, it's like Peter is home, and, like, I found his transition was better. Like, mm-hmm. I thought we didn't have, like, you hear about the silent, uh, the second night or something, like, the crazy second night, which I agree, like, you know, when they realize they're out of the womb, it is a bit more challenging and they can be more fussy and stuff. But I felt like Eliana's experience, her second night, was so much more elevated. And, and I wonder if it's because of all that disruption from the natural, mm-hmm. you know? 
um, like Peter was able to be mainly naked at home and close to me and not in a car seat and not, um, you know, in like putting pants on and, and all these weird things. And, um, I don't know. I found that his transition was, was a lot, was a lot better too. So that's another takeaway. And even myself, I think the adjustment was so easy and more quiet and, um, less intervention as much as, you know, I didn't have interventions during labor at a hospital. You do, cause there's paperwork, you know, yeah. signing up for the health card. Um, there's certain processes. They take the blood work like this way, you know, all the blood work was taken at home. Um, you know, I wasn't signing things like besides like, you know, declaration of name and everything for, uh, to get his, his valid health card and everything. But I don't know, there's just less people to see, less people to talk to, you know, you maintain that sense of intimacy, um, you kind of just like ease back into your, your like, like I would say like your normal life, but like you kind of like ease into a new normal, you know, mm. and, uh, and having Eliana part of it too. Like, I think so many people like, you know, just like the way we like numb labor, we numb experiences and, you know, everything is like planned and like, Oh, like baby has to be out of the house so that you can have another baby. Um, I think not doing that allowed, Eliana to gravitate more to having a sibling because mm. she wasn't removed from everything. Like she woke up mm. naturally in her house, just walked into my room and there's a kid there, yeah. you know, yeah. and she was, she was really aware of baby. Like she would touch my belly and say, baby, baby. And so funny because my husband and I didn't find out what we were having at all. And, uh, she would walk up to my belly at the end and say, boy, boy. Oh, wow. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, crazy. Right. Wow. Um, she would say, boy, boy. And I'm like, uh, I was like, okay, Eliana. Like, and I was like, maybe it's a girl. Like, I don't know why she keeps saying boy, but okay. Maybe that's all you can say. So cool. But I didn't have a boy. So I said, Eliana, boy. And she's like, yeah, boy. She's like, uh-huh. baby. Um, we've had our trying moments, but it's all good. And, and that was it. Like, essentially the story is beautiful and it continues to unfold because when you have a home birth, like, you know, that's the reason you guys are doing a show. Like people just want to keep talking about it. Yeah. And they need to keep, yeah. they need to keep talking about it because uh, people keep having babies and there's many ways to do it. Right. And, um, I don't know, we're kind of like, I think everything veers from like, if we look back in history, like everything will veer as far away from the natural as it can only to come back again to the natural, because that's where like people resonate, you know, and you can only fight it for so long. And I think though we're young, like you guys are young as well. I, I mean, you look very young, like in your thirties, I'd say, um, though we're young, we kind of, um, search for that too, you know? And I think there's like a niche of people that are like first time parents, um, even young parents that like want this experience, you know, that are kind of gravitating to this, uh, more natural way of like a birthing, which is yeah. awesome. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There, there was like that. a, there is, yeah, there was like a generation of loss in the middle, like with the whole, you know, forced hospital thing. And, and it's funny because you can talk to my grandmother herself who went through like having my dad like in a barn after a day of the farm work, uh, didn't even know she was going into birth and had like an amazing labor. Really? She goes, I birthed your father in an hour. I'm like, holy smokes. Wow. Like really? She essentially probably did, but she was probably managing all her pain and whatever was going on on the farm. Like right. they were working right. yeah. totally unaware she kept moving. She wasn't treated like a victim. Like you're not a victim. Like you're, you're giving birth. Like this is beautiful, you know? Um, and we just want to like paralyze it. Like we want to paralyze like everyone from just like being natural. And it's kind of weird. Um, so my grandmother will tell me, you know, like not even having the language when she came here and she was eight months pregnant, arriving to Canada off a plane. Um, so she would have had to learn this new way. Like there was no home birth for her there was a hospital and like the end, like my, 
uncle who was here before them, you know, still no English speaking, would have taken her to like an OB and told, this is a doctor, like he's going to check me. Like, so her, her whole telling me of her experience, you know, was just like very different. And she didn't, she was ignorant enough in it not to feel like objectified or like something was happening because she was told like in, you know, in America, like they call everything America, um, in America, like this is the way, like this is a doctor, this is what they do. Like, this is what you have to do. Um, this is where the baby's born. You know, there is no, like the warmth of home is kind of gone. And like in, in so many ways, right. Even like home country, but we're, we're kind of coming back to that, like really beautiful point, you know? Um, and it's, and it's really awesome. So I don't know. That's it. That's, That's it, amazing. Really. That's, well, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I want to say thank you for doing what you're doing to, uh, to create, conversations around home birth you know um you and carmen just choosing that for yourselves and for your family it allows other people to learn learn through you and um you know one of our guests said it said this phrase and it's stuck with me ever since and that's normalizing home birth so thank you you know thank you for doing that and for contributing and thank you holy cow you had an amazing story yeah that's awesome (laughs) thanks i was hoping i had stuff to say i was like thinking about this and like okay like what am i going to talk about but yeah thank you guys for being so receptive to everything and all the rambling yeah you didn't really have much to say i mean we couldn't get a lot of details about out of your story you're a tough cookie (laughs) (laughs) gosh and just like for peter to be around the conversation too and be the product of that whole experience like you said everyone saw like the fruit of the labor literally um right is is amazing and now he has like it's a part of his story it's how he entered the world and it's how he's going to show up in his life and it's it's just all like you said the story continues so um right with that you know your story continues and we're honored to be a part of it and to be a part of a way of sharing it with others to inspire others well thank you so much guys thank you awesome well um yeah can't can't say thank you enough Catherine. you have an amazing amazing um, I don't know. You're just you're just a badass. I think you. Yeah, I think I think your your approach on everything, the way you and Carmen came together and supported one another and loved on one another, the way that you trusted your body and just, like even the way that you that you handled Eliana getting up and everything about it uh, is beautiful. It's beautiful. So thank you. Um, I'm super excited that we were able to connect, and uh, I know that we'll, we'll probably be having more conversations with you and. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.